I have a, uh, good morning. I have one container type uh, announcement. See if I can share this skillfully. <clears throat> we are all very sensitive. And this is real, our sensitivity. So we have to be careful in two areas. We have to be careful with our scent products. If the label doesn't say um, unscented, it's scented. And it means that someone, I think there's at least two people here in the hall, may not be able to be in the hall if you have a scented product just because of their own bodies. So we have to be careful because that sensitivity will be uh, more heightened. It has to do with just the way we move in the container, just to be sensitive to the fact that everybody in this hall is very sensitive. And the flip side of that is that because our sensitivity level is so high, we can easily be thrown off by the simplest of things. And it will feel as though that thing is very wrong. And so we also have to use this kind of three rule, three times rule, this rule where you, you, you say, okay, don't do nothing, don't do nothing, don't do nothing. And it's only if it really rubs you for three times you've told it to just settle down that you uh, bring it up or bring it up to the teachers. Because we're not trying to say don't bring it up, but you want to make sure you're managing what is overreacti- overreactivity to sensitivity and what is something that actually needs to be addressed. So it's just a it's just a container, a sensitivity issue. No one's doing anything wrong, and there's no right or wrong here. It's just learning to move in the world when you're very sensitive. Then I have a couple of questions. So first one is: Do I understand correctly that natural, reliable healing is to the body? what mindfulness is to the mind? Or is that too simplistic? I think there is a natural, reliable healing to the body. I wouldn't say that the body just heals naturally without any kind of meds or any kind of outside intervention. But there is a way that our bodies can heal itself if we give it some time and quiet and allow it to do what it knows best. So a, a better way, I think, I would say, instead of to use uh, um, this kind of healing as a, a fixing something, but the healing capacity of the body is protective of the body the way mindfulness is protective of the mind. So that's sort of what we're cultivating is a relationship with the body a body we've been with all along, and rarely do we have this kind of uh, um, love and appreciation for it. I mean, just imagine if you loved your body 
as much as you loved some partner, your mom, some friend, the people that we think, oh, I love you, if we loved our bodies the same way, the kind of care we would look after it. So the last question here is, uh, I'm a little confused between when is it skillful to investigate thinking that leads to big emotions versus recognizing they lead to these emotions um, versus, I guess, recognizing they lead to these emotions mean they should just be interrupted and abandoned. This is actually a very skillful question. That really doesn't require an answer. It's a skillful question because at the moment you're asking this, you really see that there are two things here, two things happening. One is there is this skillful investigation. You've seen yourself do this. So you know there is a way that you can investigate emotions. And this kind of recognizing that sometimes that so-called skillful investigation can turn into just more papancha, and really we should just let the whole thing go. That recognition in this question is what I think Buddha was pointing to in his two thoughts. So the answer really is, um, yeah, it's confusing. (laughs) But, you know, keep with it. And the more you actually try to skillfully choose, the more you're going to see uh, that you actually have the agency to know the conditions that will lead to skillful and the conditions that lead towards unskillful relationships with thoughts. Because both are happening. Um, So here's a, a little reflection from Ian before we kind of start in the practice. Before I do this, there was one thing I don't know if I said this last night, but I thought about it a lot last night, over the night and this morning. I think what I had to come to understand on this process, and it's really important to kind of understand this when you're on a long retreat, or when you've been retreating many times, so there's all these retreat experiences that you have. And that part of our mind that is ordinary, egoic, it really needs to tell you exactly how to do this. It really needs to know, how do I do this so I know what to do? And every once in a while, the mind, this embodied mind comes through and something shines forth. But it does feel a lot like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. It does have that feeling that you're going along, you think you have it, and all of a sudden you're back to like day three of a retreat. And then you're going along, you think you have it, and now I'm back to day two at a retreat. 
And it does have that quality of being jolted out this way, and then this retreat took me over here, and, and then this retreat took me over there, and, and then I went over here, and you're just like, it just seems like a hodgepodge of mess. My practice isn't going anywhere. And the benefit of hindsight that I've been practicing for 30 years, if I look back over the last 30 years, I would say, oh, I understand why I went that way. So I could get this way and then this way. And so there is a, a, there is a flow, a rhythm, an understanding that's unfolding. But you can't know that unfolding in a short window of time. It has to be seen in this much greater understanding. So it's probably more like on your deathbed. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I got it! <laughs> it's probably more like that. <laughs> It's not something we kind of get in this quick way that we get things. So I'm hoping I, I, I help you see that you don't have to get caught up in how is it unfolding and managing the unfolding of it and more trusting I'm in the flow of it and that being in the flow of it is good enough. Just in the flow, I know I'm in the flow, however it unfolds, that's not my responsibility. I'm just in the flow. And if you find you're out of the flow, get back in. And then you, that's it, just get back in. And it'll figure out how to bring you on down the line. So here's a, here's Ian's response to this. Silence is not quiet. Quiet is the opposite of noise. If you want quiet, go to a park. Silence is the still mind behind the quiet and the noise. If you want to attain silence, sit. If you seek quiet from beginning to end, then you are confused. But nurture the still mind behind the noise, and then when quiet does come, it will be of little import. Searching for quiet is like scratching your foot with your shoe on. So let's sit a little bit here.
Well, <clears throat> I hope you have a beautiful day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.